Is there something wrong? Warning. Life support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. Produced by CosmicReality.com. Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist. You can find me at thesuccessalchemist.net, on Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist, on Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw, on True Social, Success Alchemist, and on Telegram, US UK Patriot. Today is the 23rd of December 2023. And the title of today's show is Christmas Spirit, More Lawfare Against Trump, But They're Losing, New World Order Has Lost. Today is the Saturday before Christmas, of course, and for those of you who celebrate, I'd like to wish you a very Merry Christmas full of happiness, love and joy with family, friends or however you spend it. And I wanted to start by sharing a blog post that I wrote several years ago. And it's titled, Experience the Spirit of Christmas Every Day. And after that, I'll go into this week's leading news. Whatever your religious or spiritual beliefs, it's worth reflecting on how we can embody the spirit of Christmas, loving and giving every day of the year. I truly believe that if we keep telling the Christmas story, singing the Christmas songs and living the Christmas spirit, we can bring joy and happiness and peace to this world. That was by Norman Vincent Peale. Christmas is not a time nor a season, but a state of mind. To cherish peace and goodwill, to be plenteous in mercy, is to have the real spirit of Christmas. Calvin Coolidge. Blessed is the season which engages the whole world in a conspiracy of love. Hamilton Wright Mabby. Wouldn't you love to have the spirit of Christmas every day, full of love, joy, peace and abundance? Christmas as a celebration of Christ's consciousness is just that, love, joy, peace and abundance for all. And it represents the state of being that is our ultimate goal and purpose here on earth. Experiencing the spirit of Christmas on only one day a year is like only being spiritual for a couple of hours on a Sunday morning. It's only when we bring spirit into our every moment that we become who we truly are and step into our creative power as spiritual beings. The spirit of Christmas is spirituality. It's the joy of giving to others, having fun and laughter, experiencing heartfelt gratitude enjoying the abundance of the feast, being at peace with yourself and the world, connecting with friends and family no matter how far away they might be, sending love to all inhabitants of our planet and to Mother Earth herself. By living the spirit of Christmas every day, we achieve energetic connection, oneness with all that is and collectively raise the vibrational frequency of the planet. By consciously living this way every day, we experience a delicious lightness of being for ourselves 
and we also play our part in bringing love, joy, peace and abundance to the whole planet. The spirit of Christmas is within us. Let it reign. Let every day be Christmas. Christmas is forever, not for just one day. For loving, sharing, giving are not to put away. Like bells and lights and tinsel in some box upon a shelf, the good you do for others is good you do yourself. And that was by Norman Wesley Brooks. So I hope that has brought a light introduction to this week's show rather than diving into the news. But I must say, um, the news is all pointing in the right direction. You know, you might look at it and think, oh, my God, you know, the dark side is winning still. But if you look at it from the point of view of what is being revealed and what is the growing response to a lot of the dark deeds that are being performed by the dark side, then you see the hope and the light coming to us quickly. And I believe 2024 is going to be quite an astounding year. So the, this year has been the great reveal. I do believe that next year is going to be the great rebound. So one of the main stories in the news this week is, of course, the Colorado Supreme Court trying to remove Trump from the ballot. And there's been a huge uproar, not only in the Republican circles, but also Democrats actually concerned about the impact it will have on Donald Trump's support. And the first coverage I want to give on this is from Slay News, and it's an op-ed from Jonathan Turley. Jonathan Turley slams Colorado Supreme Court's dead-wrong Trump ruling, fundamentally flawed. It's actually reported by a Slay News journalist, Frank Bergman, not Turley himself. Legal scholar Jonathan Turley has responded to the Colorado Supreme Court's Tuesday ruling to remove President Donald Trump from the 2024 ballot. Turley, a George Washington University law professor, slammed the ruling as dead wrong and fundamentally flawed. As Slay News reported earlier, the Democrat-appointed justices on Colorado's highest court cited false claims about Trump related to January 6th. The court claims that the 45th president is disqualified because he allegedly engaged in an insurrection by stoking the protests at the US Capitol on January 6, 2021. However, there was no insurrection at the Capitol and claims that Trump incited a riot that day have been widely debunked. The Democrats and their corporate media allies have repeatedly pushed the narrative due to the clause in the 14th Amendment of the US Constitution that prevents anyone who's engaged in an insurrection from running for president. Trump's enemies are hoping to block him from running in 2024 by touting the false insurrection claims to invoke the 14th Amendment. The court ruled Trump was disqualified from appearing on the ballot in the 2024 election in a 4-3 decision. However, Turley slammed the Democrats and Colorado Supreme Court justices as dead wrong on the law for pushing this plan. 
It puts this on the rocket docket for the Supreme Court, Turley told Hannity guest host Kayleigh McKenney, Trump's former White House press secretary. They've got to get involved first of all because there's not much time to make a final decision and also have to get involved because this is dead wrong, Turley added. I think they are dead wrong on the law. I just published a piece in Georgetown for this theory. I think it's fundamentally flawed, both in terms of the language of the Constitution and the history. They had to adopt the most sweeping interpretation on every single issue, Turley said. The only opinion that's not sweeping is when they get to the First Amendment and free speech, then they adopt a narrow interpretation. They suggest Trump doesn't have free speech protections. In order to establish he was engaged in an insurrection, they go back to speeches in 2016 and they basically daisy-chain these speeches to say, look, he's been at this for a long time. I think the factual and legal basis of this opinion is really so porous that the Supreme Court will make fast work of it. This country needs some healing and what the Colorado Supreme Court did is they basically took a blow at democracy in the name of democracy, as you mentioned, Turley told McKenney. We never needed the democratic process more. We need voters to be able to make a decision. In a separate interview on Laura Ingram's Fox News show, Turley warned that the Colorado High Court ruling proves that the republic no longer belongs to the people. The legal scholar argues that the decision about Trump's suitability for office should be left to the voters. It's very, very dangerous, he said of the ruling. This country is a powder keg. Ironically, this unlawful and unconstitutional step by the Colorado Supreme Court is actually backfiring on the Democrats. And this is a Slay News report again. Democrats panic over Colorado Supreme Court's anti-Trump ruling. Fear move will damage Biden's 2024 campaign. Democrats and senior White House officials are reportedly panicking over the Colorado Supreme Court's decision to remove President Donald Trump's name from the 2024 GOP primary ballot. According to reports, Democrats fear that the move will damage President Joe Biden's 2024 campaign message. Biden's campaign team and White House officials are now worried that the move will backfire and end up helping Trump rather than hurting him, as was clearly intended. A source familiar with discussions in the White House and Biden campaign told NBC News that senior officials were pissed after the Colorado Supreme Court ruled to block Trump. The state's highest court ruled that Trump could be removed from the state's ballot, citing the 14th Amendment. The Democrat-appointed justices cited false claims that Trump incited an insurrection related to January 6th in justifying the unprecedented use of the clause. The court's decision makes it look like Colorado is attempting election interference through non-elected Democratic-appointed justices with funding from shady left-wing donors, the source said, according to NBC News. The Colorado Supreme Court ruled 4-3 to that Trump is disqualified from holding the office of president under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, 
They argued that he took part in an insurrection on January 6, 2021, inciting the crowd that breached the US Capitol. The court's decision met immediate backlash from Republicans, independents and legal experts. And then it goes on to talk about Jonathan Turley's response. Trump reacted to the decision, calling it a sad day in America. Some Republicans and Democrats, including Trump's GOP foe, Governor Ron DeSantis, said the Colorado Supreme Court's ruling would bolster Trump's support heading into the 2024 general election. They're doing all this stuff to basically solidify report in the primary for him, get him into the general, and the whole general election is going to be all this legal stuff, DeSantis said Wednesday. One thing is clear, this will help Donald Trump, Senator Mike Lee, Republican Utah, said. Do these Colorado clowns in black robes not realise that? White House and Biden campaign officials reportedly fear the court's decision barring Trump from the ballot will also have negative consequences for Biden. Biden has repeatedly told Americans that Trump and his supporters are extremists who attempted to interfere in the 2020 election and threatened the country. On Wednesday, the resident, I call him that, not the president, told a reporter that it's up to the courts to determine if the 14th Amendment can bar Trump from elected office. However, he added the false claim that Trump certainly supported an insurrection. It's self-evident. You saw it all, Biden said. Now, whether the 14th Amendment applies, I'll let the court make that decision. But he certainly supported an insurrection. There's no question about it. None. Zero. And he seems to be doubling down on it. Despite claims from the Democrats and their allies in the corporate media, however, there was no insurrection. According to the source... Close to discussions among Biden's team, the White House is hoping the Colorado Supreme Court's decision is quickly overturned. We all hope Biden wakes up on Christmas morning to an A3 story in the Delaware News Journal saying that the Supreme Court ruled 9-0 to zero in favour of Trump, the source said. And it's becoming more and more apparent that many of the Traditional Democrats are abandoning this new woke and WEF-controlled Democrat party. Sasha Stone on his substack wrote, An ex-Democrat's case for Trump. When enough is enough. Are you a Trump supporter now? Is the question my friends, acquaintances and colleagues sometimes ask me. I know the answer to that question could end our relationship. So do they. Most of the time, they just don't ask. They quietly assume that I might be, but what they don't know can't hurt them. Since 2016, being labelled Trump supporter has given most people the green light to cut ties, publicly humiliate, attack and dehumanise at will. What you will rarely see on the left is empathy. What has become all too common is unfiltered, bottomless hatred, In too many cases, physical violence and destructive protests, all justified and encouraged by the ruling class. 2020 was the breaking point for me. I could no longer go along with it, especially after getting to know Trump supporters and watching enough rallies to know the truth about who Trump really is. 
And now, after the Colorado decision to throw Trump off the ballot, there has been a terrifying escalation in how they plan to deal with Trump and MAGA. What started as cancel culture, where due process was tossed in favour of trial by mob, has spread to the government, infecting it like a parasitic fungus that ultimately kills its host. From censorship to their treatment of the political protesters of January 6th, to what they've done to this country's Justice Department, much of its culture, its universities and the minds and bodies of children, it's time to say enough. It was already enough when the sitting President of the United States was banned from Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. It was enough when they raided Mar-a-Lago when they convicted Trump in a show trial on primetime television that idiots on the left now seem to believe counted as a real trial. The four indictments are enough. Two impeachments are enough. Scaring the public every day, whipping up mass hysteria just for clicks, just for engagement, just for ratings, is enough. Robert De Niro's ongoing freakouts are enough. Stephen Colbert's unfunny jokes are enough. A culture that has destroyed itself over an imaginary monster they invented is enough. And yes, removing Trump's name from the ballot in Colorado is enough. This moment should wake up every American to the mass delusion we've all been forced to live with since 2016. The cure to Trump is now what it's always been. Offer the people something better. But the power centre in this country can't do that because what people want is relief from them. Not all of them. There are some good Democrats out there like John Fetterman, Dean Phillips and RFK Jr. But they are too few and too far between. The ruling oligarchy now stands in their way because that is how little they trust democracy. Interesting that he should mention John Fetterman because... I think many of us believe that he was switched out because photographs of him now are very different to the photos of him when he was originally elected. And he's now speaking out against all this uncontrolled immigration or even promoted illegal immigration by the Democrats. Continuing on, rather than listen to the voters who were frustrated with politics as usual in 2016... The Democrats insisted that some great wrong had been done to them, that their country had been invaded. How do I know this? Because I was one of them. I went along with it. I helped build the utopia that became a dystopia once it was threatened. We formed a so-called resistance, which now looks more like a fascist empire than any uprising against one. And we went to war on Trump's presidency and on his supporters. We had control of the entire monopoly board and we abused it. What the Democrats and never-Trumpers want now is to push Trump and MAGA back into the danger zone. They want more violence. They want riots. They want an uprising that they can then bring in the military, weaponized dissent, speech and ideology and have the full backing of the American public. We're almost there now. But don't take the bait, MAGA. You can defeat them by being the calm, reasonable side. Make them the crazy ones. They are just waiting for any chance to exploit the law more than they already have. Don't give them that chance. 
while any Republican can take us to a much better place than any Democrat right now, Trump is still the best person for the job because he is the source of the mass delusion. If he wins in 2024, we can all get back to reality. Whether he succeeds or fails won't matter much. What matters is releasing this country from the grips of madness. A class war. This civil war has never been about Biden and Trump. It's always been about the Obama kingdom versus the Trump movement. Obama represents what the Democrats are now. Wealthy elites measured not by class, but by skin colour, gender and marginalised status. As Victor Davis Hanson is always pointing out, the Obamas, along with Oprah Winfrey and other successful black icons, enjoy both the spoils of class privilege while also being seen as marginalised versus the famed white working class whose towns have been hollowed out and are flooded with fentanyl, but because they're white are punished as having white privilege. That Trump dared to go at the king with the birth lie was what began our cult civil war. Both men have giant egos, loads of charisma and whole movements, or tribes if you prefer, behind them. They represent polar opposite definitions of what America should be going forward. Neither side is perfect, but the left has had enough time to show us all a better way. They have failed by clinging to the past, attempting to hold on to a third term for Obama, and have refused the country's need and desire to move forward. Trump has never been the problem. It has always been what has happened to the left. This was the end result of the crisis that sparked the fourth turning, the Wall Street bailout of $700 billion that woke the people up and birthed populism on the left and the right. Trump is all that remains. For whatever reason, millions have chosen Trump to represent their interests best. That is why he is such a threat to the ruling class. He represents the biggest challenge to their authority since they amassed extraordinary wealth and power. But every American still has a say in how this country is run, no matter their class. What they should not stand for is what the regime has done to Donald Trump. It sets too dangerous a precedent that threatens this country and its trusted institutions. The question for all of us now is this, how bad will it get? Every move they make only convinces the public that Trump was right. Right when he called the media the enemy of the people right when he called the government the swamp, and right when he says he's being persecuted because he represents them. Now we've seen what the Democrats are capable of. They have no checks on their power. No one at the New York Times is suddenly going to become brave. The candidates on offer as alternatives to Biden, like Dean Phillips or RFK Jr., are not allowed to be successors of the Obama kingdom. Kamala Harris will be crowned eventually. The system can win any election, no matter the candidate's weakness. We saw that in 2020 and in 2022. And there's a tweet from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Every American should be troubled by the Colorado Supreme Court's decision to remove President Trump from the ballot. The only Democrats you can trust are those speaking out against the Colorado decision because they know what I know, what you know. Trump has never been charged with or convicted of insurrection. 
The reason is that they can't afford a real trial because they would have to come clean about what really happened that day, why they left the capital unprotected, and how many informants were embedded in the operation. That is far too risky of a bet. The Democrats lose either way in 2024. If Trump somehow wins, they can rebuild and find new leadership to salvage some of what they built throughout the Obama era. If they prevail, after everything we've seen them do, that will be the moment their empire finally and deservedly collapses. We'll see another era where they can't get elected to save their lives. One way or the other, this is the end of the line for them. In choosing deception and delusion over compassion and understanding, in choosing to squander their power trying to eliminate the Trump threat, they have destroyed every great thing they ever tried to do. The case for Trump. I support Trump as a fellow human being, as a fellow American, and as someone who has never stopped fighting for his supporters, no matter the cost to him personally. I support someone who cares about his family and always puts them first. I support someone who cares about America and always puts her first. So the answer to the question, are you a Trump supporter now, must be yes, though not in the traditional sense. I don't know if he'd be a good president. He never got the chance. He was at war with a government that was attacking him like a body that rejected the heart of a pig. No offence intended to Trump or pigs. But what I do know is that at least with Trump, we had a balance of powers. We had a media that questioned his words and deeds. We had an entire system in place to resist his policies. Now we see what the opposite of that looks like. When all power is concentrated on one side and at the top, it looks a lot like fascism. Even if I am not a typical Trump supporter, I am proud to lock arms with his supporters to rescue them, the country, the culture and reality itself. The case for Trump is simple. Four words on a red hat. Make America great again. Make America able to take a joke again. Make America understand basic biology again. Make America the land of the free and home of the brave again. Make it okay to be white, a Christian, a male, a Jew, a woman, a mother, an American again. Make Thomas Jefferson a hero again. Make movies watchable again. Make America a country where we can still say what we think without fear of banishment, public humiliation or the loss of our jobs. Make America tolerant again. Make reality cool again. Make it okay to reward merit Make it okay to be friends with people you don't agree with. Lots of this hysteria is happening on both sides. It has to do with algorithms and their effects on our brains and our perception of reality. But only one side has shown us what they plan to do with the power they have acquired, and that should send a chill through every American. Yes, we can survive it. No, America won't end but a government of the people, by the people and for the people, must not shrink back from this pivotal challenge. This moment demands all of us to take the right side, away from deception and delusion, and back toward the truth. There's another response to this week's news about the Colorado Supreme Court by James Howard Kunstler. Whatever it takes won't be enough. 
Like many people, I assumed every impeachment, every indictment, every criminal count will be the end of him. That was Robert B. Reich, celebrated Trump hunter, career summation. And just like that snap, the news about the Colorado Supreme Court's droll action against candidate D.J. Trump vanished from the front page or top screens of the New York Times. Do you know why? I'll tell you. Because the political left has finally managed to embarrass itself with a lawfare gambit so nakedly fatuous that it exposes the faction's drive to destroy the election process and with it our country. This is what you get from a regime that faked its way to power and now must strain to cover up its long train of crimes, abuses and effronteries to common sense while running out of tricks to keep fooling even its own deranged followers. Somehow the act of kicking a leading candidate off the ballot has finally registered as inconsistent with defending our democracy. Of course, the reckless abuse of law, lawfare, proceeds from the left's disrespect for boundaries and limits, which is exactly what law in principle concerns itself with. And from there, it's a quick leap into totalising bad faith, the operating system for government under an imposter president, Joe Biden. Suddenly, mere days before Christmas, when the people want to be preoccupied with things other than politics, events merge explosively to shape the fate of the nation. In a sane world, the US Supreme Court would not just summarily strike down the Colorado ruling, but would issue a career-ending rebuke to the brain-damaged state justices who managed to not learn a basic principle of due process, innocent until proven guilty, that to brand someone a criminal, there must be a record of indictment and conviction for a particular crime, and that in the case of Mr. Trump, a politically motivated fairy tale about an insurrection doesn't cut it. Also, in a sane world interested in truth and justice, the Republican-majority Congress would have months ago convened new hearings about the January 6, 21 Capitol riot to undo the manifold perfidious frauds instigated by the previous Democrat-majority committee under Chairman Benny Thompson. By now, testimony should have been compelled from Nancy Pelosi, the then Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund, and former Defence Secretary Chris Miller about Ms Pelosi's refusal to call in National Guard troops to reinforce security around the building and to answer for the odd behaviour of the Capitol Police, such as opening doors for the mob and then serving as ushers to show off the place. It seems obvious that many elected Republicans also have an interest in supporting the January 6, 21 insurrection fairy tale, do you still wonder why the evil entity infesting Washington is called the Blob? The Substack blogger, who styles himself as El Gato Marlowe, offers the alluring theory that a SCOTUS ruling on whether the 14th Amendment clauses applies to the presidency in the Colorado case could enable special counsel Jack Smith to slip in a superseding indictment, replacing the original indictment, in his D.C. January 6 case against Mr. Trump with new insurrection and rebellion charges, thus setting up a fortified argument for states to chuck Mr. Trump off any ballot. More lawfare, you see, whatever it takes. 
More curiously, even, we learn today that an amicus brief has been filed in the SCOTUS by former Attorney General Ed Meese under Ronald Reagan and two constitutional law professors, Stephen Calabresi and Gary S. Lawson, challenging the legality altogether of Jack Smith's appointment as special counsel for prosecuting Mr. Trump. The amicus is filed in the matter of Jack Smith's certiorari petition to the court to schedule Mr. Trump's DC trial the same day as the Super Tuesday primary against the defendant's objections. The amicus presents compelling arguments that Attorney General Merrick Garland acted illegally in appointing Mr. Smith, and if SCOTUS chucks him out of the special counsel job, the whole mendaciously constructed scaffold of the January 6th prosecution goes out the window, along with the Mar-a-Lago documents case. Those of you with a deep interest in blob lawfare treachery may also be interested in the courtroom win this week by Brandon Stracker, who launched the 2018 Walk Away movement to persuade gays to leave the Democratic Party. He was present on the US Capitol grounds the day of the January 6, 21 riot and was later sued by eight black and brown Capitol Police officers with the help of a Soros-funded non-profit law firm, Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law. Stracker was accused of causing the officers' injuries, pepper spray and exhaustion, and of conspiring to deprive them of their civil rights under the KKK Act of 1871. It came out in the course of testimony that seven of the officers were on the other side of the enormous Capitol building from Mr. Stracker's position the entire time alleged, and that one of the officers was not even present at the Capitol or even in the District of Columbia at the time. Such are the sordid dreams of lawfare warriors and their useful idiots. Next up, as we turn the corner into a fateful 2024 and lately eclipsed by all these lawfare election interference shenanigans, will be the perhaps even more consequential hearings on the Biden family's extensive international bribery operations, which may shed some light on how we came to suffer a president and a party bent on destroying our country. It was an interesting comment about the possibility of Jack Smith adding another indictment of insurrection because that would then lead to all the real evidence about January 6th coming out, everything that Pelosi and co. have been hiding in their sham January 6th committee. So... It, it could be a trap that they're going to fall into, thanks to the Colorado Supreme Court. Now, we have a recent scandal affecting the Democrat Party yet again. And this was the um, publication by Daily Caller of a leaked amateur pornography video showing a congressional staffer having anal sex with an unknown man in the Senate hearing room. The alleged staffer can also be seen in a photo naked on all fours, looking back at the camera on the table where senators often sit to ask questions during a hearing. It appears to be unprotected sex. The article includes a tweet from Representative Mike Collins Heck of a week for the left. Gay porn in the Senate, 
swearing-in ceremony on child porn in Virginia, tranny tap dancers in the White House, and satanic statues in Iowa. What else am I missing? And also what came from this um, revealing, (laughs) pardon the pun, of this uh, sex tape was the social media posts made by this staffer. Uh, The name has been released. Um, His name is Aidan Maisie Shirovsky, and he's an aide for Senator Ben Cardin of Maryland, Democrat, of course. And one of the very lurid posts he made on social media was showing him naked in the shower in the Capitol building, waiting, he said, for Lindsey Graham. And there have been a lot of rumours and allegations that Lindsey Graham is gay. That's not to say this social media post is um, true in terms of waiting for Lindsey Graham, but it does raise some interesting questions. Now, if that wasn't enough... RVMnews.com reports even more scandal. Congress compromise sexual blackmail in the House keeps Epstein logs hidden. Where is mainstream media's coverage of this? Are they also being blackmailed? And it's by Zach Heilman on the 22nd. Republican representative from Tennessee, Tim Burchett, asserts that conservative lawmakers are falling victim to honeypot schemes to influence their votes. Birchett made the claims in a recent interview on the right-wing podcast hosted by Benny Johnson. The discussion was centred around the release of convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein's client list. Birchett suggests that powerful people are entrapping members of Congress by gathering disparaging information to protect their investments. He believes that the people behind these schemes are always either out on the tarmac or in the private room with the president and are not concerned about who is in power as long as they can protect their money. The congressman did not provide any specific evidence to support his claims of honeypot blackmail. Instead, he based his views on the voting patterns of some of his congressional colleagues. He said, I'm sure members of Congress have been caught up adding that good conservatives vote for crazy stuff like what we've been seeing out of Congress. And there's a tweet from Anna Paulina Luna. I travel with my husband at all times. If he cannot come with me, I have a female staffer as an alibi. I don't even touch alcohol in D.C. D.C. can be a nasty place. Keep your circle tight and just anticipate you're always being watched. That is how this game operates. And that was in response to a tweet by Benny Johnson. Members of Congress are being blackmailed. And Jesse Waters covered it on his show. Birchett went on to describe how the honey trap scheme works. You're in a motel at a bar in D.C. And whatever you're into, women, men, whatever, comes up. And they're very attractive and they're laughing at your jokes. Next thing you know, you're in the motel room with them naked, he said. According to the congressman, conservative lawmakers often vote in ways that would keep compromising personal information from getting out. He claims that politicians are all susceptible to this type of blackmail, which occurs at all levels of politics. 
Birchett said no man or no woman actually is an island and they know what to get at. You know, if it's women, drugs, booze, it'll find you. Birchett's theory about conservatives falling prey to honeypot blackmail is not a new allegation. In 2011, a report by the Daily Mail claimed that conservative lawmakers were receiving threats of being caught in an embarrassing situation at motel rooms and being blackmailed. In the same report, then-state Senator Tim Burchett was cited saying, every conservative senator has been offered women, drugs and booze. You could be so loaded you couldn't even speak and the next morning your vote will change. The congressman's recent interview raises questions about the possibility of public officials being compromised or blackmailed by external factors. In light of these allegations, conservatives call for an investigation and transparency to ensure that politicians from both parties are not being coerced or blackmailed to vote against their values and beliefs. And any of us that have been down the rabbit hole don't find this surprising, really, because if we look back to the Pizzagate affair, which I mentioned last week, there's more and more evidence coming out because of the arrests of people for child pornography and sexual assaults and so on, that there are many that are involved in these horrific activities. On the same subject, a judge has ordered the release of 170, I think, names of associates of Jeffrey Epstein in a trial and there seems to be a lot of panic about that being released and even one of the names has been revealed to be a former president. I guess we can imagine who that is given the number of times Bill Clinton flew on the Epstein Lolita Express. Ben Fulford has some interesting points in his weekly report as well. I'm not going to go through the whole article, but I will pick out some key points. He says the rules-based world order has lost. This is again on Monday, of course, as that's when he puts out his weekly report. It's almost game over. The so-called rule-based world order has lost internationally. All that is left now is to finish them off in their last strongholds in Europe, Israel and the United States. And he cites the UN vote on December 13 calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. He says it's the clearest sign of their defeat. Only eight countries supported the US-Reels opposition to the ceasefire. These were Austria, Czechia, Guatemala, Liberia, Micronesia, Nauru, Papua New Guinea and Paraguay. Another way to look at this is to see these as the last countries controlled by the Nazi faction of the Khazarian Mafia. This is down from 60 countries that attended a Knights of Malta meeting calling for a continuation of the Ukraine war last summer. Significantly, none of the other G7 countries now support us The battle to liberate the US took a dramatic turn on December 15th. The Q people set up a countdown clock that said a power outage would occur. A power station in New York was blown up at midnight on December 15th, exactly when they predicted, causing widespread power shortages in New York. 
it's a good guess that power was cut off in the big KM stronghold of New York in order to turn off alarm systems and let special operations troops grab high-profile individuals. Time will tell if that, this was the case. The Q people are now saying Y2K3. The world as you know it is over with. Ten days of total chaos. Merry Christmas. The Q movement, of course, is closely related to US President Donald Trump. We have now heard from the Trump people and found out that there are two different Donald Trumps. The fake one working for the KM is based at Mar-a-Lago, while the real one splits his time between military bases in Cheyenne Mountain and Greenland, Pentagon sources say. And he shows the photos of two different Trumps. And I would definitely concur that the one that is often photographed in Mar-a-Lago must be a body double. He doesn't look exactly like Trump, but, you know, he's got similar features, but it's easy to spot the difference. Now, I did douse on whether he is, the one in Mar-a-Lago, is a black hat. And I got the answer, yes, he is a KM um, operative. So... I don't think we've imagined that. We just thought that there were many body doubles just to protect Trump from being assassinated. So whether this will be actually confirmed or not is another question. It is clear the Rockefeller family in particular is scared of the real Trump. Their media has been issuing hysterical warnings. They are saying things like Canada will be annexed to America and he will make himself into the Fuhrer who will use martial law against the American people, etc. However, Archbishop Carlo Vigano talks about who is the real target, Hillary Clinton, Rockefeller, John Podesta, Rockefeller, etc. Vigano says the arrest of Slade Soma for pedophilia and child pornography exposed a network of horrendous crimes against minors that revolves around the international deep state. He says Israel's Mossad gathered evidence of world leaders participating in heinous ritual crimes against minors. Vigano adds that blackmail videos must be the reason why members of the WEF and heads of state in the UN went along with the fake pandemic and do not protest against massacres in Gaza and the farce in Ukraine. So that really kind of backs up other things that I was saying earlier about uh, people being blackmailed in honeypot traps to get them to comply with the deep state requirements or demands. The movie director Stanley Kubrick tried to warn us of this in 1999 with the movie Eyes Wide Shut. Kubrick was killed for putting out this movie I'm not going to read the next bit because it's pretty horrific. We now know from videos of Hillary Clinton doing the same well, think frazzled drip, as well as from many whistleblowers that this ritual type of murder to harvest adrenochrome is common practice among the ruling elite. He goes on to say, we also see that US rebel leader John McAfee is still alive. He is directing rebellion from a room that is a Faraday cage and he's also using a scrambler to guard his location. Why am I doing this? Because I am an escaped slave and I have a loud voice, he says. 
He is urging corporate slaves to escape their nine-to-five existence. Now, I remember when John McAfee died, and I just went to look up uh, when it was and what the cause of death was, and uh, it was supposedly suicide in a Spanish prison. But this was a report by New York Post, and it was back in August last year. I presume that was around the time he died. I'm not sure. John McAfee faked his death and is still alive in Texas, ex-girlfriend claims in Netflix doc. The wild and eerie life of supposedly dead antivirus software pioneer John McAfee is only becoming more mysterious. McAfee was widely reported to have hanged himself inside a Spanish jail in June 2021 while awaiting US extradition on tax evasion charges. But according to his Belizean ex-girlfriend, Samantha Herrera, he faked his own death, moved to Texas and is still alive. Prior to the suicide reports, McAfee had been repeatedly tweeting that if he was found dead in jail, it would not be suicide. In 2019, he got an arm tattoo reading whacked to back up the sentiment. And there's all sorts of mysteries about what McAfee was doing. Um, He was supposed to pay off the government about something, according to this article. So, um, you know, what Ben Fulford is claiming could possibly be true. Ben goes on to say, possibly he is behind this video of Joe Biden saying, we have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organisation in the history of American politics And I think many of us remember that, thinking, oh, it's a confession then. (laughs) We also saw a big political move as Jack Smith, the special prosecutor pursuing Donald Trump, was exposed for running an extortion scheme while working at the Rockefeller-controlled International Court of Justice. This means the legal witch hunt against Trump will end soon. A good sign of change will be if the fake Trump at Mar-a-Lago and his handler, Leo Zagami, are arrested in public. In a sign the KM do fear arrest, Mark Zuckerberg Rockefeller has fled or is planning to flee to a Hawaii compound with an escape hatch, blind doors and an underground bunker. Meanwhile, WEF puppet master Klaus Schwab Rothschild admits there is an anti-system movement. What we are seeing is a revolution against the system. He can see the pitchforks and nooses coming for him, which is why he has not been seen in public since September. Our Mossad sources say he is now hiding in a hospital in an underground bunker inside the Rothschild family complex in Zug, Switzerland. Russian President Vladimir Putin has said Schwab is a legitimate military target, so we presume their special forces will be heading to Zug if they have not been there already. The KM are imploding. Their vaccine campaign is now blowing up in their faces. Pfizer says it expects sales for its COVID products to drop about 90% in 2024. The CDC reports only 16% of adults and 7% of children have received the updated vaccine. A drop in sales is the least of the pharmaceutical companies' worries, The huge spike in deaths from vaccines means it's only a matter of time before hundreds of Western government pharmaceutical 
and medical establishment officials are brought before war crimes tribunals. Lawsuits and prosecutions are already snowballing. Roberto Speranza, the Italian government's health minister during the time of COVID measures, is now being investigated by the Rome Public Prosecutor's Office. He was responsible for the vaccination campaign. Also in Italy, Cardinal Becchio, the most senior Catholic Church official ever to stand trial before a Vatican criminal court, was found guilty of fraud and embezzlement. P2 Freemasons say Becchio was ensnared by a honey trap named Cecilia Morogna, a 46-year-old self-star security analyst. She got €575,000 from Becchio and spent much of the money on luxury clothing and health spas. Another sign of honey traps, eh? The P2 says Becchio was the victim of a severe power struggle in the Vatican between Kabbalistic Jews and the P2. They say Rome is no longer under their control, but that the rubber-masked fake Pope Francis is near to death. France too is in a political crisis after French President Emmanuel Macron Rothschild has been humiliated after a long-sought deal on immigration reform was immediately struck down in a surprise move by the National Assembly without even being debated. Traditionally, when a legislative effort of this magnitude fails so absolutely, the members of government involved in its drafting are expected to resign. The French are up in arms along with the rest of Western Europe over the huge spike in crime caused by an influx of military-aged males from the Middle East and Africa. In a rare admission, the Ministerial Statistical Department for Internal Security reported that 69% of violent robberies and other violent crimes, which include sexual assaults occurring on public transport in the greater Paris region of Ile-de-France, were committed by individuals who are foreign nationals. Now, interestingly, this week it's been reported, particularly in the UK papers or news, that Macron or that the French have introduced new legislation to deter illegal immigrants by raising a, an income level that they have to comply with and also they're not allowed to receive benefits for five years the only concern with the UK is that it'll end up with more of them coming over to the UK, unfortunately. But it does make you wonder whether the White Hats have taken over Macron or he's flipped or whatever, because uh, Marine Le Pen, who lost the election to Macron, which I'm sure was rigged, was saying that that was exactly her agenda when she stood, was to you know do something to stop all this a mass invasion by illegal immigrants. There is also a huge struggle underway in Poland. Last week, we reported German agent and Polish Prime Minister Donald Tusk has joined the White Hats. This is because our previously sceptical Polish sources were appeased by his recent conciliatory talk. Now, Jerzy Kwasniewski, president of the Ordo Luris Institute for Legal Culture, warns the Tusk government is passing legislation intended to allow adrenochrome harvesting. Regulations being passed will allow hiring women from Ukraine, Georgia or Thailand by same-sex couples to give birth and sell a child like an object.
This is not only child trafficking, but also the objectification of women who are treated as living incubators. He also warns Radoslaw Sikorski, the new Polish foreign minister, is part of the EU Spinelli Group. Spinelli wrote directly about the need to introduce a dictatorship in Europe, which would allow the liquidation of nation states. So it looks like Poland, along with Ukraine, will be subsumed into a revived German empire. By the way, in the latest sign it's over for Ukraine, the sons of the mayor of Kiev, Vitaly Klitschko, have been spotted partying in Europe while their countrymen are forbidden from leaving the country and being dragged off the streets and sent to their deaths. All of this shows the KM is still strong and must never be underestimated. It looks like a cyber attack is their next big move. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison to a major cyber attack, says Klaus Schwab Rothschild. Just on cue, a Netflix movie, which was funded in part by none other than KM puppet Barack Obama, foreshadows a coming cyber attack false flag event that will likely take down electrical banking and telecoms infrastructure across the USA. Now, a Joint Committee on National Security Strategy report warns UK could be brought to a halt at any moment by a large-scale cyber attack. Next, Warren Buffett chimes in, saying the cyber threat we've just started. Then we have this, which ties right into the script. U.S. alarmed as China hacks critical systems. The U.S. is alarmed as China hacks critical systems. China has infiltrated key American cyber infrastructure without detection for over a year. So, folks, make sure you have enough cash and food on hand just in case the KM stage one last horror show before they are put down for good. It's not over until it is really over. However, rest assured, they are being hunted down. So, enjoy the Christmas break. Know that we are winning, that 2024, I think, is going to be a phenomenal year. And we've just got to stay courageous and hold the line while the last ditched attempts at the deep state, the cabal, the evil ones to retain power over this planet is played out. Believe that it's all going to end well. Good always triumphs over evil and belief is the most powerful fuel of manifestation. So have a Merry Christmas. I love you all. I hope you'll join me for another Cosmic Creating show next week. Thank you to Nancy for producing and Derek Condit for sponsoring Cosmic Reality Radio. Find him at mysticalwares.com and a reminder that you can find me at thesuccessalchemist.net. So until next time, stay well, be safe and bye for now. You have been listening to Cosmic Creating with Jan Shaw, updating current reality, a production of CosmicReality.com.